Welcome to the Witty and Gritty Podcast, where we believe that lifelong learning and relentless determination are essential to developing your passions and reaching your goals. Here to help you along the way are the hosts of the show. Take it away, ladies. Hey, y'all. I'm Brooke. And I'm Farron. As educators and high achievers, we're passionate about providing our listeners with effective strategies to help navigate life's obstacles and reach your goals sooner. Join us as we break down credible research that gives you a fresh perspective and challenges your limiting beliefs. Laugh and grow as we share personal anecdotes and interviews from people that have demonstrated what it takes to be successful. By implementing these practices, you will develop your unique skill set and learn how to better serve your community. Get your mind right. And enjoy this time designed just for you. Conjunction, junction, what's your function? I don't know the rest of the song. That's all we needed to know. Did you know, in our house right now, the little girls, they can't say but, except for the conjunction. Now, but with one T or two. <laughs> they cannot say B-U-T-T. Gotcha. So, Sloan will say, I wanted this but, and then Scott will say, we can't say but. <laughs> and then Sloan will say, it's the conjunction. <laughs> so that's a little peek into my three and four year old lives. We can use conjunctions. So what do you call it? Heine. Oh. Bootie. Nope. Mm. Just Heine. Booty? Oh, bottom. Mm. Modest is hottest, right? Modest is hottest. <laughs> Anywho, listener's choice, episode 64. Episode 63 was a listener's choice. It was, and we gave advice on how to set up an distant learning, online learning, whatever your district's going to call it this year, in your home to help you be as successful as possible. Right, and this episode is how to tackle some face-to-face learning, so we're going to give you five tips there, and episode 63 was six tips for distance learning, episode 64 Five tips for face-to-face learning. And just like we did before, it's important to just start off by saying if you chose face-to-face, there's no judgment here. If you chose online distance learning, there is no judgment. We believe everybody is making the best choice for them and their family. And turns out we're not all the same. Oh, who knew? And sometimes we're going through things that other people would never understand. You mean my opinion could be different than your opinion? Weird. Mind-blowing. <laughs> Anywho, we're going to get started, and I also think it's important to say that this is not meant to scare you. One of the phrases that I love that Brooke always says is she would rather study for the test. Mm-hmm. So some people, it's like, do you want to know ahead of time, or do you want to just find out later? And Brooke likes to have the information in advance to prepare as much as possible. Yes, as do Enneagram 5s. They want to be informed to make well-informed decisions. Sixes actually want to know all the things so they can make a plan A, B, C, D, E, F, G, H, I, J, K, L, M, O, P. Where plan (laughs) Z is the world ends. (laughs) We won't get to Z today. No, not (laughs) enough time. Okay, so just know that I hope this doesn't at all come across negative. It's coming from a place of, again, we're educators. We've been in staff development. Um, I've had two weeks of it by the time we recorded this. Brooke's been in there a few days as well. And so kind of just seeing the adult behaviors too um, with social distancing and wearing masks, having lived it ourselves now, um, we feel like we have insight to offer. Yes. 
All right, so tip number one, prepare for first day of school drop-off. Keyword, drop-off. I think one more thing, though. Please check with whatever your district is doing, okay? Um, things are changing every day. Every day. Every hour. <laughs> we are just giving you some general information on what we've been hearing, what our school district told us today, but again, even that could change. So if you hear something from us, please do not email your admin and say, Brooke and Farron said... <laughs> Please just check with your local district and policies. Hopefully, just bringing this to your attention, you'll have the you'll be looking for that information or to know to go check if you ha- don't know the answer to some of these right. things. Already. If you don't know, ask your teacher. At, and if they don't know, they will ask their advisor. And if they don't know, they will ask and follow the chain of command up. You don't need to directly email the superintendent. They're trying to <laughs> deal with T E A C D C. KFC, CNN, all the other (laughs) acronyms. So email the teacher, ask for the policies and procedures, and that will probably be your best. And if they tell you they don't know, they are not putting you off. Or if they say, can I get back to you, they are not putting you off. So if you at least go by what we're saying, again, we think this is going to be pretty typical most places. Okay? All right, so prepare for first day drop-off. Our understanding is that many places you will not be able to walk your child into school, yet alone up to the building. Right. So if you can have that conversation with your child ahead of time, I have a, my oldest is going into third grade and um, she's used to me walking her to class every year. And then my uh, middle child, she was in a pre-K program at the school, so she basically thinks she's been in school for two years. Um, And so we've had to have that conversation but it's totally like, remember last year I tried to walk you to class and you like took off ahead of me because you like you can do it. You didn't even <laughs> need me there. I had to catch up to you and you'd already found your seat. You already put your backpack away. So if you can kind of just build on their previous experiences. Now, if it's kindergarten, it's you're not going to have that option. But if they go to a daycare, try to equate it to anything that they already know. Yeah, whenever I drop you off, usually fill in the blank. Yeah. And if you're not sure, you can always ask the kindergarten teachers. Yes. And say, hey, we're new here. We don't know what we're doing. We know this, we're, this year is different. What's your best advice? And know that kindergarten teachers are especially heartbroken by all of this. They live and breathe everything kindergartners and knowing that for some kids it's their first school experience and they love being a part of that. So they, I've seen some really creative people both in the district I'm at and online trying to figure out how to make this um, a positive and you know exciting experience for those kindergartners. So check with your district. Um, the district I work in is doing something different specifically for kindergarten. Everybody else, you know, your drop off first day. But, you know, just check and see if they're doing anything in particular for kinder. Side note, your kids will play off of your attitude and emotions. Yes. So if you're going to be like, oh, man, I can't even walk it. Doesn't that make you feel sad? Right. I know you're going to be so sad that I can't drop you off. (laughs) If you want to have them to have a positive experience, suck it up Mm -hmm. for that moment you're talking to your child and help set them up for success. You get to help choose if they're going to have a positive experience or not. Here's a good, great way to do it. Brooke, you're my kindergartner. Ready? Yes, Mom. <laughs> Brooke, you know how I've been saying you're such a big girl lately? Yes, I do. Yeah, and Mommy is so proud of you. Thank you. You can find your shoes by yourself. 
you mostly remember to flush the toilet mm, by yourself. That is I'm an so issue. Happy. I apologize, Mom. The school knows how much of a big kid you are. They're letting all of the kindergartners walk in the building by themselves. What? Because you guys are so smart already and can totally, like, do it. You can totally figure it out. And so, anyways. That's an example. Yes. And even if your kid has questions like, well, what if I get lost? You know what? There are going to be teachers right there, and you can just raise your hand, or you can say, I have a question, or I need help. And you can practice that with your kids already. Which is a good segue into our next point. Because it's going to be a drop-off, you might have to, my oldest, um, very shy, would just stare you down if she didn't know you wouldn't talk to you at all. And so you, if that is your child around strangers, you might have to start role-playing saying, can you help me find my classroom? Like, give them a go-to phrase and practice it all day. Can you help me find my classroom? Dad walks in from work. Go ask your dad. Can you help me find my classroom? Yeah. It <laughs> sounds silly, but it works. It does. You're giving that kid the sentence they need or even the sentence stem. Can you help me with? Mm-hmm. Can you help me with mm-hmm. opening the door? Can you help me with going to the bathroom? Can you help me with... And if you can give them the sentence stem or practice sentence, it's going to go over a lot smoother. Yeah. Another good idea is you might do like a note card that has their name on it. If you find out their teacher ahead of time, which again, we're not trying to alarm you. You should know their teacher before drop off the first day. That should be communicated to y'all somehow. Um, And so my oldest is named Tori, but her real name is Victoria. So if the teacher was looking at a class roster or like when they go in the first day and they're looking at name tags, it might say Victoria. Again, she's not going to say, oh yeah, Victoria is my real name, but I go by Tori. She's going to say, my name's not Victoria. She's going to be apprehensive. So, um, you know, I've seen the things like a tag on a backpack that says, you know, Victoria and her last name, but goes by Tori. Her teacher is, so-and-so, grade, whatever. Sibling. If they have an older sibling especially, I'd put that on the backpack tag and how they're going home the first day. A lot of schools are doing a really good job with that, but you might just... And then what you got to do is you got to teach your kid to say, it's on my tag. Here's my tag. You know, that way if they can't answer or speak to an adult effectively... They at least have a resource to communicate that. Because as a parent, I would just want to make sure that adults knew that information. Right. So. And even if you don't have an older sibling in the school, maybe they have a, a teammate or a friend. And you can always get with that mom and y'all can come up with a plan. Or you can get with that cousin or whoever it is. And maybe they can even meet them up somehow. We don't know how it's going to look altogether, but at least they won't know nobody. Right. And so that's... Again, we're just trying to pick your brain and get you brainstorming on things you might not have thought about yet. So, so far we've said, you know, prepare for first aid drop-off. Know that you're probably not walking them in. And so give them the tools they need to get to where they're going. Just know there's going to be so many extra teachers there helping staff from around the district coming in to help make sure every kid gets to where they need to be. Right. You may also notice some districts are doing temperature checks whenever you walk up to the building. So your kid might have to stand six feet apart from the next kid, wait in line, they get scanned, they go in the building. Or some districts are doing a self-check and the parent will fill out a Google Doc every morning. Did you give your kid Tylenol or Motrin? No. Did your kid run a fever last night? So different questions like that. You just need to talk with your district, see what's going on. But you can also prepare 
them if they are doing temperature check. I know my middle or my second <laughs> youngest scout. So scout, she if someone were to check her temperature that's not me or her doctor, that would alarm her. So I would need to know that ahead of time. We would practice. Maybe I would take her over to Farron. Hey, can Farron check her temperature? Mm-hmm. Make it a game. So those are just some tactics you can use there. And again, as much normalcy as you can like replicate at home that they'll have at school. So I would start now. Start checking everyone's temperature every morning just because. Mm-hmm. <laughs> and at lunch break. Yep, why not? That's when Motrin wears off. Yeah, and you know, if you have, um, you know, a a kid-friendly thermometer, let them take your temperature. Again, you're modeling that it's fine, it's no big deal, so you might even start there. That's good. Um, The other thing, this is kind of not necessarily particular to drop-off, but when you're packing their lunches in the morning, you might want to, especially for your older kids that may have been able to have access to like a microwave to heat up food, um, you might want to be sure just to pack lunches that do not need to be heated up. Um, not sure what microwave situations are going to look like, not sure where kids will be eating, whether it'll be in a classroom or the cafeteria, how they're going to try to spread kids out. So I would pick a very low maintenance lunch to make sure that they get to eat. Um, and again, things specifically that don't require being heated. Right. And then the last little section we wanted to talk about before we move on from prepare for first day of drop off. Mm -hmm. So I have an elementary background, and there's this book called The Kissing Hand, and it's a mama raccoon taking baby raccoon to his first day of school, and he's, of course, all nervous, and she's reassuring him, and towards the end of the book, she kisses his hand and tells him to hold on tight to the kiss, and anytime he needs mom, he's supposed to put his hand to his face, and then mom's giving him a kiss, and so what you might do, especially for the younger kids, but you know... Middle school kids, I think, still like that. They just won't verbalize. Hey, we've talked about this before. Um, High schoolers are just little kids in big bodies. So I don't care what age they are. Everybody likes this. Yeah, so you might, um, you know, have some type of bracelet. But I know, like, if they're washing their hands and if you feel like that spreads germs. Or if you want to draw a heart on their arm with Sharpie. But if you're like, oh, no, that's going to poison their skin. If you could come up with some type of little trinket that's not distracting... And that they're not going to lose. Because if the point is to keep them feeling like secure and know that you're there with them in spirit and then they lose it, oh my goodness, that just undid everything. So just any little thing that you can tell them to kind of think of. Or even the kissing hand, but they probably don't, you won't want to have their hands on their face. Well, you don't even, and it doesn't necessarily have to be tangible either. You can practice some sort of meditation technique like, okay, close your eyes where I'm going to count back from five, and when we get to one, I want you to picture my face smiling at you. Mm -hmm. It could be anything like that, because that's a skill a kid can close their eyes for five seconds, five, four, three, two, one, my mom's smiling at me. Okay, so that could be another example if you didn't have a thing that you could take into the building. And you might even just have plans for after school. Something that communicates that this is not going to last all day. It is going to have an ending. Um, And again, for your younger kids that are just, they're, before COVID, there's tons of kindergartners that cry. They all cry. They cry when they get out of the car. And I promise you, five minutes after the teacher starts class, they're done. Think back to like, I remember dropping the girls off at daycare and they'd be screaming, clawing at me, don't leave. 
and I haven't even made the block, and the sitter's texting me a picture, and they're laughing and playing like mm-hmm. nothing happened. And I'm the one crying. I'm <laughs> crying. My <laughs> mascara's running. I'm like, I'm the worst mom ever. It's same thing. Guys, it's just, it's the same thing. It's just a different location, and COVID gives this extra layer of maybe anxiety. So right. just know from being on the inside, they do the same thing. They seem upset. Man, as soon as the day gets started, they're fine. They're more than fine. Teachers are gold. They can make anybody laugh, anybody smile. It's going to be fine. Your they, kid's going to be fine. Yeah. It's fine. It's your child's first day of their first year, possibly, but a lot of these teachers have had several first days, so right. you're in good hands. So tip number one, prepare for first day of drop-off. And moving on to tip number two, practice wearing masks now. Yes. So, um, you know, the big conversation seems to be that, oh, they're so uncomfortable. And they can be. Um, so I would start wearing them now. Again, the more normalcy you can create, and it's not an added shock to going from this extended spring break <laughs> into the next longest school year. spring break ever yes and even you can find out which brands work for you or don't work for you so even you and I Farron were talking about our mask the other day and yours has a different behind the ear piece than mine mm-hmm. that I was wearing that night do and yours was more comfortable I didn't try hers on y'all but I could tell <laughs> she was more comfortable so Trying on masks now gives you the opportunity to see which ones work best for your kid's face, and that is just good ideas. I there. feel like masks are coming in pretty fast, too, so if you haven't ordered yet, I don't feel like it's too late. I, If I was more organized, I probably would have been like, I'm going to order five from one place of this one style, and I'm kind of glad I didn't. I've ordered them sporadically as I've seen different cute ones, so that I have a variety of styles unintentionally. But the good news is that I think we're going to find a fit that works best. Um, Obviously, there are things to consider, like the thickness of the mask. So, like the medical mask versus the cloth mask versus the ones with the filters. You can change in and out. I'm not dogging any of those causes. The only thing I would say is have your kid practice wearing it now Mm -hmm. because if they are having an all-out fit because they're not going to wear that mask, it's so unbearable, and they have school the next day, they have to have something. Um, So definitely um, practice wearing your mask now. And one thing I saw online was start with having them wear it. If they want screen time, they wear it during screen time. And so... Half the time they don't even realize they're wearing it because they're so glued to the screen. Right. But it kind of just helps, again, build that normalcy. Um, And you can even say, hey, you will not get screen time unless you're wearing your masks. You You can say that. You're the parent. You can have those boundaries. But that's, again, you're doing what's best for your kid. And if best for your kid is face to face then mask is the requirement. So in order to do face to face, mask is a requirement. So make it fun. Yep, and to build on that, I just had another idea. Um, The next point under this, as far as wearing masks, having been at staff development, it's kind of hard to understand people sometimes, depending on the thickness of their mask. And so practice having conversations in them. You might have to enunciate a little more and talk louder than you're used to. And people that really rely on reading people's lips, they're going to have to practice really listening Um, to the person. They're going to have to develop those other skills. You can just teach them sign language, Farron. Well, when you were saying making it fun, I was like, 
thinking again, middle school, high school, you can be like, hey, I'll take you to Starbucks, but we're going to wear a mask in the car, and you have to talk to me the whole time on the way there. Now you're getting quality time, quality Uh conversation, Uh and practice for mask wearing. And I decide if you spoke enough to me and understood me. And so if we get there and it's not good, then no Starbucks. Mama gets two Starbucks. Yes, none for you. (laughs) Um, So, and again, with kids, think of the game telephone. So you could practice doing telephone, like, okay, pull your mask down and say, say, okay, so I'm going to say something and I want you to see if you can hear me. And then, you know, giraffes have long necks. What'd I say? Giraffes like bananas. No, listen again. <laughs> giraffes have long necks. You know what? That also helps teach context clues, too. Do giraffes <laughs> really like bananas? Hmm. So then that's, <laughs> you're making them think. Look at you. Yeah. Also with masks and different styles, give them some choice. First, read your district guidelines. Mm-hmm. Some are only allowing school colors or it can only have the mascot on it or they're issuing masks or different rules. So make sure you check those. But if they do get the choice on a red or a blue or a black or a green, it has to be solid, doesn't matter what color, then give them choice. So when they're picking out their clothes either the night before or the morning of, however you do your routine for that, they pick out their mask along with their outfit. And along with masks, um, some districts are not allowing bandanas. Um, There could be various reasons, but again, just be sure you're checking local district policy. Um, Some parents have also said that they're doing the gaiters. They're the ones that look like a scarf that you put, like, around your neck, but then you, like, pull up, and so that way the kids can't necessarily lose it as compared to the ones that go around the ears. Now, those... The ones I've seen so far are not very thick. So, again, you got to consider all these comfort levels, but also protection. So, right. just some ideas. Check with your district guidelines constantly. Yes. And then, along with practice wearing masks now, make sure you have multiple masks with your kid at school. Yes. It just makes me think of sneezing. I just think of a kid that <laughs> their mask falls in the toilet. Oh, my goodness. That, or the kid that's... Talking to another kid and he sneezes on his mask because he didn't want to sneeze in his own mask. So if you're watching our YouTube channel, it'd be like, achoo, and then mask back on. And now Brooke needs another mask and possibly a COVID test. Um, so yes, have a couple with your kids at school, but then have multiple at home. Um, the guidance has been that if you wear a mask that day, you don't wear it again until it's been washed. So um, again, just things that if you're thinking like, Two or three sound good. Just think about how often you want to be doing that laundry. Right. And the last thing with masks, make sure that somehow if you can have their name somewhere on it. Yeah. Would be good because... I might have a blue mask and you might have a blue mask with a stripe. But somehow I came home with a blue mask with a stripe. (laughs) I can see kids being like, I traded. It's like pogs. (laughs) Yeah. (laughs) Give me your slammer for these ten pogs. Oh my gosh. I haven't thought about pogs in... (laughs) Speaking of your butt story earlier. (laughs) I remember I somehow got these pogs and one said butt head on it. <gasps> and I like would hide it. And then I'd show my friend like, well, look, I got one and look what it says. Don't say it out loud. And look what oh. it says. You're oh. naughty, Farron. I felt so bad. <laughs> you we, rebel. We like didn't play with it because. Right. It, you could get caught. <sighs> wow. Man. Pogs. So, Definitely don't play pogs in this day and age. That's too much Holy moly. Okay, so tip one, prepare for first day drop-off. Tip two, practice wearing masks now and 
step. Tip three, we're going to talk about sanitization and germy stuff. Yeah, again, this stuff that we just don't want you to take for granted. Again, especially if your kid has been home all summer, okay? So, does your child really know how to wash their hands? And I'm including your 7th and 8th graders in this. Oh, for sure. Like, Go ahead and do a deodorant check, too. Are they putting that on? <laughs> yes. So, just simple things like, do they understand like that they need to wash their hands? And with soap and water, and dry them, not wipe them on their pants. I mean, just all the things. Right, and a lot of times people are coming up with a song, so I know you can sing like the chorus to all the single ladies, and it's 20 seconds long, I believe. We can, we could sing, but we'll, we'll spare you the amazingness. So come up with a fun song. I know, I guess it's Doc McStuffins. They have that song, it's like, everybody wash, everybody wash your hands. And then the whole, it's like the right amount of time to wash hands. Yeah. So there you go. See, we're pros at singing, <laughs> at singing <laughs> hand washing songs. Okay, so the other thing this and it's kind of been comical for us educators is the whole idea of keeping people six feet apart. With LOL on, high school, right? So the idea is keep people six feet apart, but still have masks on. Um, but like, if you need to breathe, because again, even as an adult, breathing through those masks after a while, it's not the most fun thing in the world. And so there's this general, I'm going to say general idea that if you are at least six feet apart, you do not need to have your mask on. So what I've seen different adults doing is going, standing at the back of the room, far away from everybody, taking like a breathing break, and then, you know, coming back to sit down at their table. You can make your breathing break also your bathroom break if you need to do that too and get some space from people in general if you need that. Yes, I do know that they're trying to limit the amount of kids in the bathroom at the same time. Yes. So, you I know as a teacher in general we have to build our bladder endurance, but I'm going to need to do that um, as well. So, the thing is especially with the young kiddos, do they really know what 6 feet looks like? Right. So, you might practice like here I am, I'm 6 feet away from you and practice that like just out of nowhere have you heard the thing like in disney world if they say andy's coming in toy yes. story world they all drop yes so like you could randomly be like six feet and then everyone has to in yeah. the house or living room spread out make six it a feet. game yeah. yes also if you are having if you look at the school floor each tile is about a foot so you can practice counting like that but if you're not in a place where you can practice that you can always say well dad is about six feet tall so think about if daddy laid down on the ground, that far away is how I need to, how far away I need to be. And then you're also teaching them estimation skills. You go, person. Man, such awesome parents. Yeah, so use reference points like if mommy is only five feet, if I laid down, and you could if you're at your house, you could actually lay down and be like, see, you still need to be farther away. Mm-hmm. Another germy thing that's a good skill, regardless of COVID or not, is teaching kids how to sneeze in their elbow, they, the inner elbow. They call it like the vampire sneeze, <laughs> like when he drapes his cape across his body. I don't say blah, blah, blah. <laughs> and coughs too, because then, like if you cover with your hand and you cough on your hand and then you touch mm-hmm. the doorknob, then that, but you don't open doors and things with your elbow pit. <laughs> right. <laughs> Official term. Um, but one thing that I could foresee happening is if some places have face shields or parents send kids with face shields and for whatever reason they pull their mask down, right, because they don't want to sneeze in their mask, 
<laughs> just splatter <laughs> all over all over the face shield. So I don't know if you'd want to do this or not, but I know they sell like disposable Windex wipes. Might be something that you give your kids so they can clean their face shield whenever they need to. Another thing to practice. Yes. So, again, that stuff that they're going to do throughout the day and you think they know, but do they? Right. Do they? Sometimes we assume. Um, yes. And so then, too, I know some kids with sanitizer have reactions, like, with eczema. So if you know that your kids' hands get dried out very easy, like in the winter, just know as often as they're going to be sanitizing just try to stay on top of that. Maybe send them with some in hand lotion or just, yeah. that was a random And if it's prescription, thing. just talk to your nurse. Talk to the school yep. nurse about it because then they can actually go to the nurse and get that applied if they need it to. Yes. Um, again, this is, I feel like, a lot for little kids, but maybe even for, like, boyfriend, girlfriends in middle school and high school. But, like, no holding hands. <laughs> like No PDA. Just don't. And kids are so sweet at elementary school, and they want to hold their friend's hand, and especially if someone's sad and all the things. Um, so just kind of talking to them about other ways to, like, greet each other or express your friendship without actually, like, touching. Right. You can actually Pinterest or Google COVID-friendly greetings for teachers or for kids, and then you'll see all these pictures, like you were saying earlier, Fan, before we got on. Air high fives, air hugs. I know me and my kids, we do air high fives and air hugs, especially because sometimes we started this whenever they are in the backseat of the car and they need consoling of some sort. And then I'll say, give me an air hug. And I'll put my hands in the air and pretend I'm patting them on the back. And then they end up thinking it's goofy, but it works, right? So teach them now. Play with that or play around with that right now. Your car rides are so much more different. (laughs) We had car timeouts. So like they're in their car seat. And I'd be like, do you need to go to timeout? And they're like, no. And so then they'd do it one more time. I'm like, that's it, you're in timeout. And they're like, <laughs> And then I'm like, okay, your timeout's done. Are you sorry? Yes. Oh, that's I funny. mean, they didn't even move. Like, whatever, it worked. So it's I, the fact that you yeah. said it, Mom. It is. The last point I wanted to talk about in the sanitized Jeremy stuff tip is no sharing. We were originally going to say don't share food, but we're just, don't share anything. A lot of teachers aren't even allowed to pass out supplies or papers. Everything has to be done on their own computer or their own supplies. So make sure you're checking the supply list. Make sure you're getting with your district. I don't know if y'all are doing one-to-one computer-to-student ratio. Make sure you're talking to those people to make sure you have the things you need. Some of the biggest things I remember kids sharing are things like food. So, like, if your kid has an after-school snack in their backpack, one, I want to have them eat it. I'll trade you my goldfish for that ice cream sandwich. Oh, my gosh. Give me some tots. (laughs) Um, Some tots. Any. (laughs) I hadn't thought about that in so long. Man, Pogs, Napoleon Dynamite. Look at all these throwbacks. And kids also, like, will show each other stuff on their phone, and they'll hand their phone to another kid to hold. And then or, hey, can you back. take a picture of us first day of school in masks? <laughs> yeah. So just have these conversations about sharing. If you haven't cleaned your phone in about a week, maybe take a wipe and wipe across that and see how it looks. Same thing with your <laughs> laptop. There's been so much study on kids sharing laptops and flu outbreaks. So even if you just wipe across your laptop, yikes. Yeah. 
So again, we're not trying to instill fear, but it's these things that I feel like most of us as adults understand the concept of germs and how they spread, especially the younger kids or kids, again, if they're sharing a snack, they're like, oh, but they're hungry. I thought I'm supposed to share. I was just showing him this funny meme or TikTok video. Mm. Yeah, but just that defeats all the other protections and precautions. And like you're saying, Farron, they might not just be... They just might not be thinking. Yeah. They don't have their prefrontal cortex is not developed, so they're not going to be thinking through all the things that could happen because they already have a hard time making normal decisions. I hear it. Okay, tip number one: prepare for first day drop off. Tip number two: practice wearing masks now. Tip number three: sanitize slash germy stuff tips, and then tip number four: prepare for when do we go online. So prepare for when we go online. Again, we are not trying to instill any type of fear, but Brooke and I are both planners. We like to have, you know, our first perfect plan and then a good backup plan and sometimes more plans. But I would say that you just, I don't have a crystal ball. Do you have a crystal ball? Oh, I left it at the house. Oh, well, we don't have any crystal balls with us, so... Um, we may or may not be having everyone go virtual at some point this year. I don't know when. But what I would just say is, even if you are sending your kid face-to-face, emotionally don't put all your eggs in that basket, that it's going to be that way all year. Maybe it will be. I hope, I hope whatever, you know, hope it doesn't get shut down again. But just start having that plan. My girls are starting at a new school this year, and I actually had a pep talk with them the other night. I said, girls, you might only have a few weeks at school. You need to get in there, and you need to make friends. Like, fast. make friends as fast as you can. <laughs> make as many friends as you can. Hi, I'm Tori. Will you be my friend? Yes. Great. And they looked at me like, okay, are we going? No. Game face. No. <laughs> um, so I think it's good just for your kids that I know are excited to go back that are in the face-to-face option. Um Again, not from the place of negativity, but just explaining to them, hey, here's what I told my kids. I said, you know, they've been opening some stuff up and keeping an eye on COVID and seeing how things are going. They're going to open schools and they're going to keep an eye on how things are going. And if it gets bad, then we might have to do school online again. And so that's where it's all coming from. Everybody wants kids, you know, to get back at school. So go enjoy it. Have as much fun as you can. Just know that we may go online, right. but it's only because they're gonna. We're trying it out. We're trying to get back more to the way things were. Right. For all we know, CDC can come out and say, "All right, October first through fourteenth, every school's shutting down, and we're gonna sanitize everything." That way, yeah. the possibility of germs being there is no more. So who knows? We don't know. We Nobody don't know. knows. But at least you have a plan in place. So make sure you're talking with your boss. If you have a job, make sure you're talking with them. Like, okay, have we? Do we have a plan in place for if my kid's class gets quarantined? Because my kid might not have COVID, but their classmate got it from their in-law or wherever. So now my kid has to stay home for two weeks. So make sure you're talking with them about that. Yeah, just some type of plan, um, some type of childcare. You know, in March, I, I feel like everyone was pretty blindsided, and we all scrambled and. We, look, we made it. Yeah, if we you did. can make it then. Yeah, so just, again, we don't want anyone to have a false sense of confidence, but again, not trying to spark any fear, but just now that you have an idea that a pandemic is possible, 
you might just come up with, you know, some backup plans. Right. That makes me think of the verse that we were talking about with our switch on your brain. We're not to live in a spirit of fear. Mm-mm. We are not meant to live fearfully. You cannot operate out of fear, operate out of courage and confidence in God. So again, that's if you're feeling, feeling fearful, make sure you check out that series because that's going to help you get your mind right. Yes. And then speaking of other episodes, if you just jumped in on today's episode on face-to-face learning tips, We did an episode on tips for um, online distance learning, so if you missed that, we definitely encourage you to check that out. That way you're not having to reinvent the wheel or start from scratch, Um, because now that we've all been through it, we have some good information for you. Right, so episode 63, six tips for distance learning. Episode 64, six tips for face-to-face learning. Those two go together just for you guys. Yeah. Okay, speaking of next tips... Let's recap so far. Tip number one, prepare for the first day drop-off. Tip number two, practice wearing masks now. Tip number three, all the sanitization and Jeremy stuff. Tip number four, prepare for when we go online. Tip number five, do what you're supposed to be doing. Yes, and again, this is something that was this way before COVID. It's the whole, well, they were doing it, and then would you jump off a bridge if your friends were jumping off a bridge? It's that whole thing. So there are going to be kids that don't wear their masks the right way. Just like and kids who aren't in dress code or just like kids yes. who push another kid. There are rule breakers everywhere, so go back to the moral code. Yeah, so just, I would go ahead and tell your kids, you might see, and I hate to say this, I'm not knocking people, you might even see adults not wearing it the right way. And it's because they just, a quick breath, or they didn't even realize, or weren't even thinking, or for, you know... We've had people presenting and they're like, oh my gosh, my mask, I'm so sorry. Um, And we know, like, we're living it, we're in it, we're talking about it nonstop in PD and staff development right now. So, um, anyways, just tell them that you might see other kids that aren't wearing it right, you need to wear it right. There might be some kids that are like, why do you still have your mask on? You don't even need it anymore. And just test them like that. Right, and another thing you can do with that is tying it to a bigger purpose. We want to wear our mask because it helps keep us safe. We want to wear our mask because it's what we've been asked to do. Whatever you're going to tie it to, do that. You can say, I'm going to be, I'm so proud of you for trying this and doing this. I know it's not easy. It's not easy for me to wear it all day either. My ears hurt too, but we can do this together. We're in this together. So if you can put that empathy in it and also you're proud of them. It's hard for a kindergartner to wear a mask all day. Are you kidding? If you can't do it all day, can your kindergartner? So applaud them for their effort. And that's a point to drive home too. Anytime you're having them practice any of this, be sure you're practicing it too. Um, and know that because the kids are expected to do it, the teachers are too. So just, again, anytime you have them practice wearing their mask, practice washing their hands, practice talking through a mask, just there's, what is it? We said it in an episode not too long ago that, like, you might not be able to, like, experience their feelings, but if you're going through it with them, just that companionship and having the empathy by doing it with them that that is just a way to build y'all's like relationship and connection so do it do it together another point to mention and we've talked about this in other episodes along with reading endurance or uh, journaling endurance anything we we've talked about endurance a lot so whenever it comes to mask wearing your kindergartner is not going to be able to wear it four hours hours out of the gate the first day of practice (laughs) So if you want to have it on when they watch a 20-minute episode or 
a five-minute episode. So you're going to have to start small and then work your way up. Yeah, and that is a big reason. Thank you for bringing that up. That's a big reason why we need to start practicing wearing masks now. It's not just to build the normalcy, but stamina. They can't go from never wearing one one to wearing one all day long. So, great point. It just makes me think of, well, just their ears. If they have the kind that goes right behind their ears, Mm -hmm. um, you want them to kind of build up the callus there. It's not going to (laughs) be obviously like gross and whatever, but just think if you have never played guitar and you go and pick up the guitar and play for eight hours... Your fingers are going to be so sore. Bleeding. (laughs) Probably. So make sure you're practicing mask wearing with your kids and build up the stamina. Mm -hmm. All right. On to our last tip and we can recap at the end. Sounds great. Okay. Last tip. Stay up to date with procedures. We mentioned this earlier in the episode, but it's still important to make sure we drive it home. Stay up to date with procedures. Have a flexible mindset. Has your life gone according to plan? Absolutely not. How many times have you had to (laughs) replan your life? Right. (laughs) Something that we say on the podcast is the trial error pivot method. So you're going to try something. This didn't work in this spot, so we're going to pivot and tweak and go on. So that's basically what educators are doing right now. We're going to try it this way. Do what's best by kids. If parts of it didn't work, we're going to tweak those parts and we're going to pivot and do better. I think people want to raise resilient kids. Of course. And so this time is going to build such resiliency in kids that, you know, hey, we're going to try this. We're going to adapt. We're going to work. A lot of that's going to be communication. So trying things with them at home, try, you know, don't let them get bogged down about a mask. Try a different mask. Um, start with a small amount and build the stamina. If they can't make it, say, hey, you know what? We're going to try again tomorrow. Your attitude, your attitude, your attitude. Right. But that needs to carry over to schools too. So as they're making changes, guys, a lot of it is out of their hands and they're just trying to do what's best for everyone's health and safety. I promise you a classroom teacher didn't come up with the rules. <laughs> <laughs> yes. And so just we need to give grace and kindness and demonstrate how to be flexible there are so many times i want my kids to be more patient adapt and roll with the punches but this is a perfect time to model that for them and show them and i think depending on their age it's okay to be like so they changed it again and you know i was kind of frustrated because we had our plan but that does us no good so now we're going to come up with a different plan and so walking them through those feelings like yeah that that kind of upset me but I knew that wouldn't help so I let that go and I immediately got to problem solving figuring out another plan something we also talk about and that we practice is calling it by its name we've had this plan we have to change it we're gonna have to be flexible right here Mm -hmm. and we're gonna have to give grace to the people who changed what's happening so Mm -hmm. call it by name that way they learn oh this is what flexibility is oh this is what considerate means this is what kindness means so you're teaching them the words too so make sure you give them the vocab that way they can say i just i can't be flexible right now okay so tell me more about that you're going to give them the vocab they need Speaking of building resilient kids, episode 24 in our grit mini series, we interview Keith and he talks about how to raise resilient, gritty kids. So, side note. That's a great episode. And, too, just to add on to what you're saying, you know, when kids have this feeling of anger, fear, or sadness, like what to do with it. So, again, man, that was really disappointing. I was really looking forward to it. But now, what I'm going to do is, and so you're demonstrating you've had this feeling and you are working, moving through it that you're not being stuck in it. Um, 
But that those feel like you have them too. They're they're real feelings. Good point. All right. Wow, that was a good one. Okay, so we are wrapping up episode sixty four, the listener's choice on face to face learning. We have six tips to give you on how to go about doing that. So the first one was prepare for first day drop off. Drop off being a key word. Set them up for success emotionally, but also like be strategic. Give them some, um, you know, ways to communicate their needs, especially if that's not their strong point. Tip number two, practice wearing masks now. Um, Try a variety of masks. Build the stamina. Start with a small time and work up. Practice, you know, speaking through them and listening through them. Tip number three, sanitize germy stuff. Make sure they know how to wash their hands. Can they judge and eyeball how far away six feet is? Work on COVID-friendly greetings. Step number four, or tip number four, I keep saying step two. Tip number four, prepare for when we go online. We are not being Debbie Downers, but just mentally and emotionally prepare that you're going to enjoy this face-to-face as long as you can, that there's a real possibility that they go online. Um, Tip number five, do what you are supposed to be doing. Again, there are always kids that are not going to follow the rules, and your kids are going to have to decide what are they going to do. Rise above, follow the rules, do what they're supposed to do, or, you know, join in with kids that maybe they don't need to be joining in with. So have those conversations because it's going to happen. And then the last tip is stay up to date with procedures. It's possible by the time this airs that we've got more information <laughs> or that, you know... Everything's changed. Everything's Scrap changed. It. But I, we try to, again, stay in general that, given any situation right now, um, we believe that these are really effective tips. But ultimately, check with your district. Maybe this sparks some questions that you haven't heard the answer to yet. Um, so try to check out their different sites and any... Um, things that they posted on YouTube. If they have like a YouTube channel, check those places first for the latest information. And then if you can't find it, then start start asking. Yeah. So as always, thanks for listening, guys. We will make sure these show notes are ready for you. So that way, in case you need to show it to a friend, we know parents, you are doing the best you can. Teachers, we know you are doing the best you can. Admin, we know you're doing the best you can. Yes. Grace, 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 grace and kindness. Praying for (laughs) you. We're cheering you on. And um, we can, if you have questions, we can try to help you answer them. Yeah. Uh, But, you know, we'll do the best we can. (laughs) We're all in this together. Uh See? All of it. All right. Bye. Bye. Thanks for listening to the Witty and Gritty podcast. Join us at wittyandgritty.blog where you can subscribe to our newsletter check out our blog, and listen to more episodes. We have a Facebook group out there just for you, for discussion, support, and community. If you have any questions, reach out. We'll be right there.